0: Peace and Blessings, this is Muslims for Peace podcast. You have tuned into Muslims for Peace podcast. Please subscribe to our channel. We continue our discussion to see how the Battle of Badr occurred. We examined before some skirmishes, some expeditions that led to the Battle of Badr. The Prophet in the month of Ramadan, some narrations say on the 8th, some narrations say on the 12th. Year two of the Hijrah, month of Ramadan, the Prophet with 313 companions, he sets out to Badr. Now before going to bed, the Prophet he headed to a valley called Dhafran. He gave one banner to Imam Ali which was the main banner, and that is called the Uqab. What does Uqab in Arabic mean? Eagle. Eagle. He gave this banner to Imam Ali and he gave one to Mus'ab ibn Umayr. Now, some researchers dispute that. They believe that the Prophet only had one banner in times of war and that was always given to Imam Ali So how can we understand some of these historical accounts that Mus'ab ibn uh, Zubayr or Al-Habbab ibn al-Munzir was given a banner? The way to understand that is that possibly Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib was given the main banner and then to represent the Muhajireen and the Ansar, there were sub-banners let's call them. So Mus'ab ibn Umayr, he represented the Muhajireen, he had a small banner, for the Muhajireen, Al-Habbab ibn al-Munzir, he represented the Ansar, so he had a banner, but the main banner was always under Ali ibn Abi Talib So the route that the Prophet took was Medina to the valley of Bafran, then to the valley of Badr, this is the route that the Prophet took. Now historically the Prophet passed by these areas, they went on the valley of Al Aqiq, then on Dhul hulayfa these are areas in the Arabian Peninsula, then on Ulat al then on Turban, then Milal, then Ghumais al Hamam, these are stations that the caravans would pass by, then Sakhrat al Yamam, then Asayyala, then Fajr al then Shanaukeh. This is the exact route that the Prophet ﷺ took to get to Badr and to Wadi Dhafran before that. So then the Prophet reaches the valley of Dhafran. When they reach the valley of Dhafran, they learn that Abu Sufyan's caravan that was coming from Syria has slipped them. Because remember, the in- initial intent was what? To stop the caravan of Abu Sufyan from reaching Mecca, and that was a way. To pressure Quraysh to stop their aggression against the Muslims. So when they reach Wadi Lafran, the Muslims come to know that Abu Sufyan has managed to escape. He is now no longer within their reach, he's going south to Mecca. Jibra'il descends on the Prophet, he confirms to him, tells him Ya Rasulallah, Abu Sufyan has gone and Quraysh are prepared to fight you Muslims. So be prepared to defend yourselves and fight. So there, Jibrail gives the Prophet (sallallahu the permission to fight at the Battle of Badr. Now the Prophet wanted to see if his companions were ready. You want to test them? Are they really ready to go and fight? Remember, this is the first major war in Islam. You want to test your companions. So the Prophet (sallallahu alayhi he tells them, "What do you say? Quraysh are gathering by Badr." and they've come out in large numbers to fight us. Shall we, should we fight them? What do you say? The Prophet consulted them. Al-Miqdad ibn al-Aswad, he gets up. When he sees the companions quiet, he gets up. Al-Miqdad ibn Amr, of course, his real father was Al-Amr. Al-Aswad had adopted him in Mecca. Al-Miqdad, one of the com- best companions of the Prophet, he got up, he said, Ya Rasulullah, imdhi amarakallah. If God has commanded you, To go to this battle, then go fulfill the command of Allah. We swear by Allah, we will not tell you what the people of Musa said to him. Well, when he told them in that famous story to enter that village and fight, what did they tell Musa? Musa, you and your Lord, you go fight. We're staying here. That's what the Bani Israel said to Musa after all the favors that Allah had on them. After Allah saved them from the Pharaoh, you, you go and fight, we're not coming with you. Al-Migdash says, I swear by God, we're not going to say that. Instead, we will say, anta wa inna Yes, you are going to fight, Allah is with us, but we shall also support you. Bilhaq, law sirta bina." He says, I swear by God, if you take us to a place in Yemen, Bark al Ghamad, it's a place in Yemen, Jahadna ma'ak. Ya Rasulullah, you have our unconditional support. The Prophet ﷺ was ecstatic, he was happy, he was joyful when he heard the words of Al miqdad showing him unconditional support. Ibn Mas'ud one of the companions of the prophet and you know other schools of thought have a lot of respect for him ibn mas'ud he says shahidtu min al miqdad ibn al aswad mashhadan lan akuna sahibahu ahabu ilayya mimma talaat alayhi al shams aw humr al na'am aw mimma udila bih he says i saw a scene i witnessed an event with al miqdad I wish I would have been the highlight of that event. I would have got the credit that Al-Miqdad got. If you give me the world, I wouldn't care. And he tells us the story of how Al-Miqdad said what he said and the Prophet sallallahu prayed for him and he says, Ibn Mas'udi says, the face of the Prophet illuminated, radiated with joy when he heard the words of Al-Miqdad. I wish I would have had that virtue. So Al-Miqdad he gets up and he mobilizes the companions to give their support. Now remember this time, most of the army of the Prophet was from whom? Muhajirin or Ansar, the Ansar, this was the first time that the Ansar, the companions of Medina came with the Prophet sallallahu alaihi Up until now the Ansar were quiet, And remember the Ansar, they signed a treaty, the document of Medina with the Prophet, that if Medina comes under attack, we're obligated to support. But were they obligated to go out, outside of Medina and fight with the Prophet? They were not obligated. So the Prophet did not want to impose on them. So the Prophet, when Miqdad and others show him support, the Prophet says, no, no, I want to hear the people and what he meant by the people is the Muhajireen, i want uh, the ansar i want to hear them do they also support this because remember they're not obligated by any treaty to come and support us in this battle i want to know what they said say, say about this so the ansar realized the prophet was hinting them faqama sa'd ibn Maad al-ansari sa ibn this great companion he says لَكَأَنَّكَ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ تُرِيدُنَا says, Ya Rasulullah, it seems you're referring to us, you want us to say our position. He says, yes. He says, my parents are sacrificed for you Ya Rasulullah. We believed in you, in your message, and we believe that the religion, the unseen religion that you brought for us from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through unseen ways, through revelation, is from Allah and we believe that and we gave you our unconditional support. So Ya Allah, if you've been instructed by God to go to this battle, go we are with you. We shall give you our support. Ya Allah, I swear by God if you go to the ocean, to the sea and you tell us go to the sea and cross it with us, we'll do that. So Sa'd ibn Ma'adh, he beautifully gives the support to the Prophet and the Prophet ﷺ, he thanks him and he thanks the Ansar for this very brave stance that they showed. So the Prophet is very happy, he thanks his companions, he tells them ala now that I see you are firm in your Iman and you want to defend the religion of Islam, let me tell you that Allah is going to give us victory in this battle. We shall be the victorious ones. See up until this moment, the Prophet didn't tell them who's going to win the battle. There was a high chance that the Muslims could get killed and eradicated and most of them would have perished. The Prophet, once he saw they were firm, then he told them. Does this remind you of a scene with one of the Imams of Ahlul Bayt? Imam al Hussein When did he show his companions p- their positions in paradise? Once he tested them and he told them you could leave, take advantage of the darkness of the night and you can leave. When they stayed, they showed their determination to stay with him, the Imam says, okay now I will show you your position. Same thing the Prophet did. Up until this point, the Prophet never promised them victory. He never told them, God is going to give us victory in this battle. It was a 50-50 case. In fact, there were signs that the Quraysh would win due to their larger numbers. When he saw their firm, he says, okay, I'll tell you, God has granted us victory. And the the Prophet says, it's as if I can see their dead bodies, the enemies. So the Prophet leaves Wadi Dhafran and they reach the area that is called Badr. It was a very large area that they reach. When they reached Badr in the evening, the Prophet dispatched a few Muslims to the water of Badr. It had an area where there were springs and wells, basically the caravans that passed by the route of Badr, they would go and stock up on water supplies. So the Prophet dispatches a few Muslims and he tells them go to that water area and gather intelligence, see if you can see any traces of Quraysh in the area. So when they go to the water of Badr, these Muslim men, they came across two men from Quraysh, one of them, his name was Aslam, he was from Bani Al-Hajjaj, the tribe of Hajjaj and the other one was Urayd from Bani al aas These two men who were from Quraysh were at the watering area, so they were carrying water for Quraysh. The Muslims asked them, who do you belong to? Who owns you? Who are you working for? Those two men say, we are working for Quraysh. Now this kind of scared the Muslims because that indicated Quraysh were very close to that area and that they had come from Mecca near bed. It seems they had trouble believing that they told them, no, you're lying. You belong to Abu Sufyan and Abu Sufyan is in this area because remember Abu Sufyan was coming south and he was trying to run away from the Muslims. He was hiding, so he keeps the caravans. They told him, no, you belong to Abu Sufyan. He said, no. So they bring him because they thought he was lying. They start to beat him. You know, sometimes when you want to gain intelligence from someone, you beat them, so they talk. This was an Arab custom, by the way. They would, if they want you to, if they want to force you to say something or to reveal information, they would physically beat you. The Prophet was standing in prayer. He was doing his salah. The minute he heard the Muslims beating this guy, he quickly ended his salah and he rushed to them and he stopped them. He told them, why are you doing this? Islam bans torture. Even if you want to get information out of someone, Islam says you don't have the right to torture them. The Prophet told them, what are you doing torturing them? Stop, this is unacceptable. He rebuked the Muslims for doing that. And then the Prophet told them they're telling the truth because they kept beating them until they said okay okay we belong to Abu Sufyan then the Muslims let them let them go, they freed them. The Prophet said they were saying the truth, they belong to Quraysh, they don't belong to Abu Sufyan and the Prophet rebukes the Muslims, he says when they were truthful you beat them, now that they started lying to you and said to you we're from Abu Sufyan you let them go, what are you doing? So the Prophet rebuked them, then the Prophet sallallahu alaihi he decided to speak to him directly, He told those two men, tell me about Quraysh, where are they? They told him, you see those sand hills, those big sand dunes, those hills? They are behind those hills, they're camping there, not too far from here. So Bad was a very large area, Muslims were in the northern side of it, the Meccans were in the southern side of it. The Quran makes a reference to it. There is al-udwat al-quswa al-udwat al-dunya al-udwat al-quswa was the southern edge of Bed. that's where the pagans had encamped and al-udwat al-dunya is the northern edge where the muslims had encamped so think of Bedr, this vast desert area it's a valley where the pagans were it was more elevated and then you go down that valley at the end of the valley to the north you had the muslims So these two men from Quraysh they tell the Prophet Quraysh is in Al-Udwat al quswa they are in the southern edge the Prophet asked those two men how many are they they say a lot a lot of them the Prophet says exactly how many they're like we don't know we don't have a count see the Prophet subhanallah he was you know he he he's a prophet of God but subhanallah he's a genius very intelligent the Prophet tells them Okay, tell me how many camels a day are they slaughtering in the camp? Why did the Prophet ask this question? That's an indication of how many people you got. They say the Prophet, they say Quraysh on average is killing 9 or 10 camels a day. The Prophet said then their numbers are between 900 and a 1000. Because the Prophet accurately estimated that one camel would be sufficient for 100 of them. So if they're killing nine or 10 camels a day, then you have about 900 to a thousand of them. And that's exactly their number. It was between 900 and a thousand. So you see how the Prophet is gathering intelligence to know their number. Then the Prophet asks those two men, who from the leaders of Quraysh are present? Who's here in the army? They said, Utba ibn Rabi'ah, Shayba ibn Rabi'ah, al Bukhtari ibn Hisham, Hukaym ibn Huzam, Nawfal ibn Khuwailid, Al-Harith ibn Amir, Tu'ayma ibn Adi or Uday ibn Nawfal, Wan Nadr ibn al-Harith, Wazam Zama ibn al-Aswad or Zum'ah, Wabū abu jahl ibn Hisham, Wa-Umayyah ibn Khalaf and a few others. These were the leaders of Mecca. When the Prophet heard and the Muslims heard that these guys are here, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi said Muslims get ready, this is serious, Mecca is giving you the best of it here, the best of, the Prophet says their liver, right, the best part of the liver, that's just an Arabic expression, the most important men of Mecca are here, so this was an indication that this was very serious.